If you know me at all, you know that debt is my bread mm -hmm. and danger my butter. Oh, no, danger is my bread and death is my butter. I'm sorry. No, no, wait. Danger is my bread. Death? No, death. No, I'm sorry. Death is my... Death and danger are my various breads and, and various butters. Mm -hmm. What is that sound? Where is it coming from? All around. What are you running from? This is a an interesting episode because we have a guest who is not related to the college, not related to higher education in general. But he but did go to college. He did go to college. And that's why we have him on the show. That is true. John Hodgman. Now, you know him, Ben. I know him as, a, as uh, from the column, Ask a Former Professional Literary Agent. Our students seem to know him from the, the Apple commercials of a few years ago where he played the PC and Justin Long played the Mac. I'm a Mac, I'm a PC. Right. They haven't quite, they keep saying this, but they haven't explained to me why, why they know that. Well, I, I think there are a disproportionate number of computer science kids working on this podcast. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a possibility. They would, they would pay attention. Are you suggesting that it's what encouraged you to go into the field? I, yes, I'm not absolutely. suggesting that, but I'm suggesting that it's what encouraged Eric to go into the field. Interesting. Oh, wait, was it actually? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> he uh, saw a commercial. He's, he's, he's not here. Up, he can't so. defend himself. Sounds well, legit. Sounds legit. Either way, that's what he did. He was also, John was also a McSweeney's contributor. He was a Daily Show correspondent, and he is the host of our rival podcast, Judge John Hodgman. He, right. is, he was also last week on uh, Prairie Home Companion, which is how, yes, he was. which is when I told my parents about this, mm. one of the things they first brought up. Oh. I'm sure they were pretty excited. And he was on the episode of Parks and Rec that we just rewatched the other night. I don't think that's necessarily in anybody's mind. Except I yours. think that's what they were all thinking. <laughs> that's probably what they were all thinking. <laughs> now, he will also be um, in the Lehigh Valley on November 17th. I, I'm going I'm to have a, a strong suspicion that we'll mention that when we're talking to him. I think so, but I, I don't think it can be mentioned enough. He will be in the Lehigh Valley, November 17th. When? In Bethlehem. Bethlehem. When? Steel Stacks, November 17th. Where? Bethlehem. Performing his one-man comedy show. How many comedy shows? One. Vacation Land. Workland? Nope. Vacation Land. And we will be there, and we will have stickers to give him. And if there's anyone there who comes up to us and says, hey, I'm into VBB, we will give them a sticker too. That is our guarantee. Can you can we guarantee? Do we have enough stickers to guarantee that? <laughs> we better get a sticker. We better get some more stickers. I don't but think we have any. Well, we need to have at least two extra stickers. Probably. You think two? I think that's pretty, that's a large estimate. Yeah. Oh, really? I was honestly thinking as an underestimate. I know a lot of people, they might not listen to the show, Yeah. but they see- <laughs> But they love stickers. They see the sticker with the, the guy with his head Mm -hmm. Shopped over with a loaf of bread, and they just think it's kind of funny and endearing, maybe. And so and that's just... all we ever wanted to do, Thomas. We all think... we ever wanted to do was have people get st not listen to the show, not listen to us talk about stuff. Plus, as soon as people see you handing out free stickers, they're instantly going to want free stickers. Mm. Okay, we we'll have to maybe have to rethink that. All right, we have to rethink this. Okay, <laughs> guys, is he is he on the line? Is he ready to talk to us? He's good to go. He's good to go. Okay, well let's uh, let's right. get started with our special guest, John. Judge John Hodgman. All right, back to the Hello. Hello. This is John. Hi, John. Can you hear us? This is Ben. 
Hi, Ben. How are you? Hey, I'm, I'm John. Doing... This is Simon. How are you doing? Good. How are you, Simon? How are you, Ben? This is John. Oh, we're doing I fine. Think, I think we've covered it now. All right. Okay. I think, also, I think Simon. we got it. Yes, John, what's how are, up? How are you? Oh, um, you know, I'm doing well. Uh, how are, Did we ask Stand how you were? One. Stand by. Okay. Ben? Yeah? How are you doing? Oh, you know, uh, I've been doing a lot of come see, come saw. Fine, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got. I, w- I think we've got the sound check correct. There uh, are also two other people oh, here. Oh, Thomas oh. and Michelle are here. I'm Michelle. And I'm. I'm Michelle. And I'm Thomas. Do you guys want to go through the whole thing? Yeah. How are you two? Oh, how are you? I, I mean, it's not for me to ask. You. I would presume you already know. <laughs> right this there. is true. We have been listening. Yeah. Yeah. Michelle, how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? <laughs> Thomas, how are you? I'm swell. Uh, John, is there is there a particular way you'd like to us to refer to you? Is it Judge? Is it John? Is it Hodgman? Is it Haji? Is it Joho? What what do you like? Hojo? No, not no. That no. doesn't make any sense. Ho- Joho, it makes sense. I don't think Joho well, makes. John or, Hodgman would be fine. John Hodgman, the whole thing, every time we refer to you. Why do you make me repeat myself? Oh, okay, well, that's hey, <laughs> you know what? There you go, John Hodgman. This is John not, is fine. Okay, John is fine. This is not going well. Okay, I know. Okay, well, we should we should start. Um, this might be part of the recording. Right, okay, we'll start. Yeah. So, John, thank you for coming coming on to Various Breads and Butters. This would be episode 77 with me, Simon Tonev, my partner in crime here, Ben Cohen, out in the studio. We've got Thomas Williams and our producer, Michelle Poulton-Simon. Michelle uh, hyphen. Michelle hyphen Poulton-Simon. And our very special guest... I say that about everybody, but in this case, it's a very That's, special guest. It's for these reasons that I've been warning you against overusing it before. That's true. We're, we're at, we're at ceiling now. Yeah. <laughs> um, peak guest. Yes. We're, we're at peak guest at this point. Peak John, special guest. John Hodgman is with us today. Hello. Hello, John. Hello, John. Ben and Simon, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it feels like we've been through this already. I'm just going to uh, say for all of us, I think we're all well. Yeah. Um, but how are you, but how are you, John? Yeah. I'm great. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. By here, I mean in my office in Brooklyn, New York, but talking to you via internet in uh, Lehigh Valley. That's where we are. You will. That's right. That was the precipitating cause for... Exactly. Or that was our... What's the word? That was our uh, our ruse to get you to be on the show Mm -hmm. because we would claim that it was... Well, it is tied. It's tied to your forthcoming, upcoming appearance in Bethlehem. I'll be performing uh, my one person standing up storytelling <laughs> there will be no seats God, for you well, no, i i have to stand everyone else can sit that's fine yep. ben and i will be there along with okay. with my uh, friend of the show past guest current wife professor jennifer tallarico that's simon's, um, that's simon's wife that's my wife we will have a sticker for you after the show so that is that is <laughs> that is our enticement for you to stay no, on the line you. and talk to us oh we'll give you one a sticker people I, think there's no value in being on our show but there is it's yeah a two inch by two inch sticker yeah Hang on, let me get out my tape measure so I can get <laughs> an image of this. Hang on, let me just now. That's two inches high by two inches in width. Yeah, uh, yes. Or is it is it also two inches thick? Oh no, yeah. no. Well, I guess if you got enough of them, it would be two inches thick. But this is something that can go on the back of I'm assuming your huh. MacBook Pro. Uh huh. Oh, there you go. See? Yeah. Was that? Were uh, you I'm making Mac a? Air. Yeah. Simon didn't want us to ask about PCs and Macs. No, Why I said that, that. Uh, because because I I think that you think I'm not proud of the greatest uh, job I ever had in my life. <laughs> I think you are. Aside you, from the Daily Show, l- let me <laughs> let me tell you what's interesting about that is that our students, when we say, "Hey, we're having John Hodgman on the show," they have no idea. Well, they do know you as the PC from the PC Apple commercials. No, they, they don't. They, they do. don't. They, they do. do. They that's do. that's their that's their reference for are you. Are your students also 
in their 30s and 40s? <laughs> uh, no, we, we're pretty much a normal, like, you know, 20-year-old twenty uh, year old thing. This baffles me. Mm-hmm. They don't, they're, they're not as familiar with Justin Long, I'll say that. And and maybe well, we'll have him on the show. Maybe you, we'll talk you won, about that. You won that one. But how? But you know, this is an undergraduate. Lafayette is an undergraduate institution, is it not? Yeah, that is correct. So they, they they cannot be older than twenty two, except for that one dude who's yeah, in his thirties, exactly, and buying yeah. beer for everybody. Yeah. So, no, so we they, they would have seen those commercials when they were but children. Yeah, I don't get it. I think it works at a lot of ages, though. It's you That's and right. Justin talking to each other. I'm thrilled to hear that because they were an important part of my life, and and uh, but yet a part that feels rapidly disappearing. Yes, in people's memory. Well, I was very excited because at the time I had that many degrees of separation sense of connection, uh, which is false that fans have of people who are in the media. So that I I was reading the column of a, a former professional professional literary agent way back oh, in the day. Deep cut. Very deep excited cut, about everybody. that. <laughs> and I've long been a fan of the fire neck sharp stick. Deepest cut. One, one of my early favorites. He's just showing off now. I'm just showing off now. When I saw those commercials, and I, actually when I saw you on The Daily Show, I was like, I know who that guy is. And it felt oh, like... that's nice. I felt like I had like a, a better standing than other people because I knew. Like it was my guy who was now on The Daily Show. It was my guy who, who was in the commercials. Yeah, I was repping McSweeney's pretty hard on The Daily Show. That's true. Yeah, that was good stuff. Yeah. For the person who is listening to this podcast... There are there are over a dozen. There's, there's several. I think okay. two dozen maybe at this point. That's nice. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't want to be that boastful. Yeah, if there's anything you want to say that you don't think will go over well pu- publicly, you can pretty much say it here. It's like a mm-hmm. phone call between the three of us. For Five the listeners minutes. who may not know, Ben, it was Ben who was just speaking, is it not? Yes. Right. I was referencing some very er- early work I did when I was uh, writing in for the, the website and the journal McSweeney's, Dave Eggers's. Journal and, and it was Dave who really convinced me to stop being a literary agent, which I was at the time and not a very good one, and to be a professional uh, writer. And I wrote an, a, a, an internet advice column called Ask a Former Professional Literary Agent, which in some weird ways has morphed into my current podcast, the Judge John Hodgman podcast and and column in the New York Times Magazine, because it's still me telling people who's right and who's wrong. Oh, that's great. And then, uh, and then, but we also know someone in common, do we not, Ben? We do. We have, actually, we can call him friend of the show, former guest John Warner. F-O-T-S, yes. F-G. That's mm-hmm. right. The Honor novelist. Him. That's right. The novelist, mm-hmm. the yeah. the editor, the uh, teacher. The... Also also a, a contributor to McSweeney's. When I was talking to him that we were going to have you on, on the show, he said, that guy is just such a mensch. Well, that's nice of him to say. He, he really say said that. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Mensch is the <laughs> is it the Yiddish only or Yiddish and German? I think it's word. both. I think we could say. I was going to say Yiddish. I'm going to get right. you, Simon. But I, th- I think but Mensch is a German word. Me- well, yeah, because Ubermensch in Nietzsche's Ubermensch, mm-hmm. of course, is means. Um, Just another thing taken from the Yids. It means. <laughs> it means um, a man of steel. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, as is my but, understanding. But the Yiddish usage of mensch as a person of quality. Yes. That would be, I think that's what, what you're referring to, Ben. And, I, and as a double lapsed Catholic, I appreciate that. Double? Does that mean you're you're back in? No. Oh, okay. I uh, I was born to lapsed Catholics. Oh, okay. Oh. I got it. That makes sense. I never sense. practiced. I'm right. a second generation lapsed Catholic. Simon didn't let me put this into our show notes, so I'm not allowed to ask this, but you reminded me of my aunt, Jewish aunt, and she lives in, in Brookline. I just didn't know. Do you know her? Because she lives, she lives in Brookline. 
your Jewish aunt in Brookline, my yeah. hometown? Yeah. What's her name? Uh, Susan, Susan Cohen. What does she do there in Brookline? She's a dental hygienist. I don't know that I know her. You didn't want to have this line of questioning in the I show? No, he, he said, seems. John, he said, we don't have enough time. Don't waste all this. And I said, you know, screw you. Yeah, I'm wasting it. our time. That's a, that's a, that's a quote. I, I want to also say, now that we're on the topic, that um, my, my aunt's uh, point of notoriety was that she was the dental hygienist to um, New Edition back in the 80s. I think this is Whoa. a HIPAA violation. Is that not? <laughs> a what violation? A, a HIPAA violation. I think, I think there's certain medical procedures... <laughs> oh. That we don't, I, you know, the fact that New Edition maybe didn't want to know that they went didn't to Didn't they become, aren't they boys to men? I don't think they so. Became boy, they became Isn't Belle Isn't Bobby Biv Brown? Yeah. Oh, Belle Biv DeVoe. Well, oh. they were, there were a lot of, yeah. Yeah, no, that was a, that was a bad error on my part. Who Belle lit Biv now? <laughs> Ooh, watch out. I, You're I, gonna I, lose control. And we haven't licensed that song, so now I think we're even more in more legal trouble here. This is just... This is just blowing up. We guess we, what though? What's that? I wrote it, so you have my. Oh, <laughs> no, we're good then. We're good. Now wait, you're not going to sue us? I uh, well, uh, <laughs> no, I pro I probably won't. Okay, I appreciate that. Yeah, I um, um I wrote that uh, as a song. <laughs> I wrote that song for New Edition. Okay, right. In 1979. Uh, wow, did they sing it ever? That was their. Big hit after Candy Girl. Got right. it. Got it. Yeah, it makes and sense. And I was shopping it. I'm, I'm shopping hearing it. that now. I'm hearing. I was it. an eight. I was eight years old when I wrote it. Right. Okay. This is making By sense. By the time New Edition recorded it, we were all uh, twelve. You sure. Oh yeah. And it came out in 1984, peaking at number four in January 1985 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. And you've and been living uh, off the residuals ever since. Oh yeah. Oh. I oh. I get a thirty-five dollar check every year. <laughs> is this what um got Dave Eggers um interested in your column? Yeah, that's exactly right. He wanted to get, he wanted to get close to a guy who knew Belle Biv DeVoe. <laughs> right. I, ne I was never particularly close to Bobby Brown, now, Johnny wanna... Dillon, Ralph Tresvant. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I ever met those guys at all. <laughs> now you mentioned your podcast, Judge John Hodgman, mm -hmm. for the yes. uninitiated. Will Will you sort of give a brief description of the podcast? What do you do on it? It's interesting because I have human children, and my son, <laughs> and you know, children, how children are dumb. Yeah. Yeah, they don't understand what's going on most of the time. We got about twenty five hundred of them right they don't here talk to <laughs> on campus. Uh, my adorably dumb dumb son. He said to me the other day, looking at a Judge John Hodgman post, he's like, "It just occurred to me that it's called Judge John Hodgman because you're the judge on the show." Mm -hmm. I'm like, "Yeah." He said, "Oh, I thought it was inviting people to judge you." Oh, oh come on! Which How did he not see that? Also true. And certainly based, judging by the letters that I get, lots of people are judging me all the time for my verdicts. Do you put, do my you... son, my son is 29. Um, <laughs> anyway, for the initiated, I is a judge, is a judge podcast the way the people's court is a judge TV show. Mm -hmm. I am the judge of my court of fake internet law. My co-host and co-creator and co and producer, Jesse Thorne of NPR's bullseye is my bailiff. And people call in using technology with disputes, mm -hmm. often husbands and wives or boyfriends and girlfriends, but not necessarily. Sometimes brothers, sometimes friends. What are, yeah, podcast hosts. And they have disputes, sometimes podcast hosts, sometimes podcast people looking for to plug their podcast. Hey. And, um, and they call in and, uh, and, and say each side of the dispute. And I listen to both sides and we have a nice conversation and then I tell them who's right and who's wrong and I pass down a sentence that is um, enforced 
by uh, under 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 pain of shame. They read the terms, the iTunes terms and services. They know yeah. that by listening to your podcast, they're they have to comply. Right. Doug right. Llewellyn is he out outside after they after this and they talk to him? No, D- Jesse Thorne gives him a little Doug Llewellyn after show talking Judge John Hodgman talk. Right. Some of the classic ones are these two dudes who called in who'd been having a, a barroom dispute since their own times in college about whether or not a machine gun qualified as a robot. No. Of course not. No. Um, it seems so obvious now that, you, that you've rendered judgment. Yeah. What was the case for the person who thought it was? Well, he had all sorts of theories. This, this is one of the things that we've discovered is that nerds have theories. Yeah. After this, I'm going to be recording the podcast, and it's going to be a, a husband and a wife who disagree over whether to have a lawn, like in their lawn or a garden. Mm. See what happens with that one. That's. Are you going to push them towards an edible edible lawn? The edible lawn movement's pretty big. What's the edible lawn movement? Just so like just uh, like grow uh, porn. Uh, well, just any. It's. I think it's just a fancier word for like for a garden. Like you use it to grow food. So you, you rather than just you, this incredibly thirsty decorative right carpet like plant yeah you make it productive all i see is all chives cuz that would look like a lawn but then what do you do so with all those chives oh man quiche. come on lots of quiche well, lots of quiche i suppose now loaded baked to potatoes that's true potatoes. yeah then you got to grow potatoes john i've got a bone to pick with you about some of the judgments you've rendered on on the podcast now you have referred repeatedly to the canadian house of pizza and garbage and yes. as a Canadian myself, you didn't know this was going to be a gotcha question, and we got you here, <laughs> and now I'm asking. I just, I, I guess I take, take umbrage with the identification of the, uh, of the restaurant as the Canadian House of Pizza and Garbage. Uh, of I, course, I don't. It's Pizza Pizza, as we all like to know. Oh, you can That's say it on chain. our show. We can say it on That's our the show. Canadian chain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will say this. As well, you a, really. By, by the way, you really gotched me on that one. I did. I did. See, I told him not to. Bring I'm not even this sure up. what the question is. Well, I just I, actually I it's don't know. It's not a question. What the it's question. an accusation. It's an accusation. I will say this. I grew up in Canada until I was 21 years old, and not once was I called forth upon to avoid annoyed. And whereas all you Americans, during all that time that we were eating our pizza and garbage, were avoiding noids. The gentleman is making a reference to an antique Domino's pizza promotion. Correct. Older, Correct. older than the PC Mac commercials. Mm-hmm. There, mm-hmm. there is no, there is no derogatory context. Okay. To Canadian House of Pizza and Garbage, okay. I called it Canadian House of Pizza and Garbage, mm-hmm. not because the pizza is garbage, but because <laughs> the defendant in that particular case was equally attracted to the chain for its pizza and its garbage. Okay. Yeah. Because well. he would routinely, the, his girlfriend was taking him to court, attempting to get me to prohibit him from digging through the garbage at Pizza Pizza to reclaim individual pizza slice boxes that, that might have coupons or prizes oh. on them. So that he could get cheaper pizza or maybe a free motorcycle, I think, or something like that, if he got enough of them. There's some game, yeah, some I, promotion. I, I want you to, even so, you know, when people ask, uh, like in an interview, like, what's, what's your greatest strength or what's your weakness? Simon always answers, his greatest strength is the ability to take umbrage. So he, you're, he's just tapping into a longstanding skill of his. No, that's fine. It's that's, like a mutant ability. Yeah, no, believe me, I know corollary to nerds have theories of her. Mm-hmm. If there's umbrage, a nerd will take it. And I will. Yep. 
I will. It's right sitting right there. Umbridge. I did it. Uh, I performed in Toronto. What, what part of Canada are you from? I am from Sorry. Toronto, in fact. And I performed the Emerald in, City. Is that what it's called? <laughs> I don't. I don't think nope. so. No, it's not. Frogtown. Nope. Ron, Ront Town. <laughs> the big smoke. <laughs> the big Ronto. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I performed there mm-hmm. and had an audience meetup at a Pizza Pizza. I don't remember which one it was. Okay. The it was a very clean restaurant. They did have garbage, but luckily no one was <laughs> no one was pawing through the garbage like that deadbeat. That's good. And I don't remember if I tasted the pizza, but we had a nice time. Listen, I made a, everyone buy pizza. It's mediocre. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I just I just took Umbridge because, like you said, the, Umbridge was to be taken. Did you meet my aunt Dorothy while you were up in Toronto? <laughs> she was in Brookline at the time. Ben <laughs> and Ben and uh, Ben's aunt and I. Uh, <laughs> Had uh, co- coffee with well, no, we had plans to have coffee with Aunt Dorothy. Okay, okay, but well, dude, we couldn't. It, it was just too busy. It fell through. I, it fell I get through. it. It's it's fine. Don't don't feel bad a lot about that. Do you um do you plan to have a pizza uh, meetup with the audience in Bethlehem? I will have a meetup of some kind. Yes, I mean, I I usually hang around after shows to to hang out and to meet people if they're interested to sign things if they have things to sign. I don't usually that happens in the lobby. Mm-hmm. But what should I do in Bethlehem well, now you, that we're on the line? You will accept our stickers that we give you. <laughs> okay, I know. But um, aside from that, is it, what's what's going what's going that, on that in Bethlehem a of a of an what? It's a October, so a Thursday evening Ooh. You know, after Le- the show. What, am I, what are we going to do? Well, it's right behind beside Lehigh University, so there are a number of uh, various quality bars mm-hmm. in the area. Mm-hmm. I think you might want to aim for one of the better quality ones. Yep. Here's something, Jordan Klepper, who is a uh, correspondent on The Daily Show and a very funny guy, yeah. and I last fall did a, a, a dual gig, a uh, comedy performing gig at um, in Athens, Ohio, Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. Okay. Okay. And that was a very much a college town and had a variety of various quality bars in it. And after the show, it was also dad's weekend. <laughs> so the whole... The whole place was swamped with bros mm-hmm. and their and their and their dads who were refusing to accept their mortality. So you said so that was a good time for you guys. And well, <laughs> we were looking for a place to have a quiet cocktail after the show and do a little post mortem and to enjoy each other's company because we don't get to see each other that often. That often, but you know, every bar had a line mm. of dudes and dads uh-huh. waiting to get in. Then we found the right bar. I think on a Thursday we, we might we might you know be okay. what the, the key was? Oh, what was that? Two things to if you don't if you have a bar and you don't want dudes and dads to come into it. Okay. Right. We're writing this down. Okay. Charge a cover. Mm-hmm. And specifically charge a cover for the experimental jazz band that's playing. Did you write that one too? Yeah, is Bobby McFerrin in your apartment <laughs> right now? That's, I well, saw Bobby McFerrin um, give a talk once, a talk talk, not a... Oh, he, oh, he didn't talk. do that. Talked, he didn't even hit his body or anything. Oh. And afterward, it was Q&A, first question. Do you <laughs> used to live in your car? <laughs> I was like, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> Apparently, that is one, the number one top rumor about Bobby McFerrin. Thought, I used to live in his car. I thought that was Jewel. Yeah. Yeah. Jewel. yeah. Jewel lived in a van. Oh, I think a lot of people confuse Jewel and Bobby McFerrin anyways. Absolutely. Just in general. We've done it many, many times here. In the summer of 1984, New Edition and I all lived together on a tandem bicycle. All right. <laughs> wow. 
See, it's just it's these types it's of facts that we by. don't actually get on the show. These are these Market. are breaking stories. We're not professionals, but we also but we do judge things. It, would it be okay if we got your professional opinion on some things, even though we're not actually paying you or have not agreed in principle to a payment? Well, here is my stipulation. Okay. The, the answer is yes with this stipulation. Okay. And it is a stipulation that uh, that is true for the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Mm-hmm. When people, people come to me for weird dad advice there. Okay. And as it was all, uh, true all the way back when I was doing my advice column, ask a former professional literary agent. I would I would prefer that the questions be sincere rather than purposefully goofy. Okay. This is not like how, would you rather fight a duck-sized horse or horse-sized duck? That's right. not that's not what we're asking. No. Okay. Ben is currently crossing many things off a list right now. No. Ben, did you is he really? No. No, he's not. Just let's try it. Well, let's just see what happens. So one of them is is something that's frustrating to me for real. I, uh, I a friend of mine run a run a a survey each year, a candy hierarchy survey. Which by the time this comes out, um, it will have already aired. And uh, we try to we develop a from the survey results, we produce a candy hierarchy. The question is one thing that's bothered me as we do this year after year is that chocolate and peanut butter combinations always seem to come out higher than chocolate and mint combinations. And I find this uh, objectively false, which I'm not using those words correct at all because the survey data shows that people prefer chocolate and peanut butter. Object, but objectively, it is true. I just, it is subjectively false because you like chocolate and mint yeah, I, and better I, than chocolate and peanut butter. Yeah, and I, I'm just struggling to understand the, the logic of, of why everybody else could be so wrong. This is how sociopaths are born. <laughs> So do you, do you have an opinion? Oh, wait, are, are you saying Ben's a sociopath or the people answering the survey? The people soci- answering the survey. Okay. No, Ben's a sociopath. Oh, okay. Uh, I, can, I can bleep that out. <laughs> you, can... you believe that the system is rigged. <laughs> no. That, it, that if, you, if, if, if reality does not conform to your taste buds, that there is something wrong with reality. <laughs> and that is not true. Well, the see... reality is that more people like chocolate and peanut butter. And I'll tell you why, mm, in my opinion. And I'm not making a comment one way or the other on this. Okay. Mint is a divisive flavor. It's true. But my counterpoint is that I think big peanut butter is not acknowledging or or giving the proper heed to peanut allergy people. And I don't I've never heard about mint allergies, but we certainly have enough peanut allergies. What does I, that have I to do? I actually know someone from high school who had a mint allergy. Oh, Thank well, there you. you go. There you go. Why do we allow counter evidence on this show? I don't. We we'll just bleep that out. All right. I, this is go. This one's going against me. So let's move on to the next question. Okay. Well, no. It, it's it. You're saying your survey has shown that more people like chocolate and peanut butter, even though you prefer mint and chocolate as a combo better. Right. You are unable to accept the results, but you have to accept the results. Right. Because it does I've, not take their enjoyment of peanut butter does not take away from your enjoyment of mint. All right. That's a nice way to put it. Yeah. Do you have a personal preference, John? Yeah, peanut butter. Oh, I see. But that's because I abhor all sweets. Oh, interesting. So peanut butter is the thing that makes chocolate more savory. Interesting. To me. And I and un, and unlike mint, peanut butter has a truckload of fat in it, which I also like a lot. Okay. Okay. Mint. Well, I like mint things, but mint is a you know, that's a, like many of the herbs. <laughs> you could plant these in the front strong, yard. It's a strong flavor that'll that not everybody likes. Yep, but it makes good for good uh, edible front right. yards, edible lawns. Yeah, you could have a mint lawn. 
Simon's got the next one. I, I got an, I got another one. Now, this is sort of a very general thing, but we deal with it on the show, obviously being in a college environment. Oh, um, right. We were supposed to um we, we were supposed to shroud this whole thing to really cr- perpetuate the ruse that we're college based and it's a college show. But I think this is the first time we mentioned college. Yes, yes. We are at Lafayette College, WJRH one oh four point nine. Um <laughs> thank you. But is it time is it time for traffic and the weather? Well, yeah. well if, if you're if you're just tuning in now, uh this is various breads and butters. Um so the question is, we want to know about the, whether college students are basically rational or not. And one of the issues that we have is, you know, college students, I don't know if you experienced this when you were in, in, in college yourself, John, but students coming in, so there, there, there's a talk from seven to eight in the evening and you'll be in the talk, you'll be enjoying the talk, you'll understand, it'll be great. And suddenly out of the corner of your eye at about 10 minutes to eight, a student will walk in the, the class, usually in sweats. Usually. Almost always. Yep. Sits down. Talk ends about five minutes later with a question and answer period. They leave at that point. What's going on there? What do we think is going on with that student? You mean that the student is is being so insensitive and antisocial that you worry that there's something wrong with their brain? I don't know about that. I just, there's a sense that, that if there's a talk going on from seven to eight, that somehow being there for 10 minutes at the end of it. Yeah. At the end of it gives them like, so I've been there for the whole talk. I understand this talk. I am, Mm -hmm. I I have got what I need to from this. Can you disabuse them of this notion um, on our behalf or, or can you comment on that? What, what are your positions there at the university? I mean the college. Uh, I'm a professor. I teach environmental studies in in a department called engineering studies. Okay. And I am a, uh, an administrator. I'm the director of institutional research. What does that mean? Oh, nobody knows. No, I, I don't usually like to say. I do, yeah, sti- I do statistics knows. and research for the college on you the college. Ki- you, you kidnap students. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes, when, if necessary. Seven a semester. Sure. Bring them into your lab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Half, yeah. Of, them beca- half of them are beca- pretend to be prisoners and half of them pretend to be prison guards. It's got to be good research methods. You've <laughs> yes. got to randomly assign them to conditions. We know this. Yeah. yeah, and you put marshmallows in front of them. Yeah, yep, and you zap them with a zapper. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, the best way I've been able to understand is that sometimes John will be at a faculty meeting, and the 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 provost or the president will have some question about the incoming class has got six hundred and thirty seven students, and but currently they're six hundred and fifty three, and this is going to change because they'll drop out, and they say, "Hey, Simon, what are the numbers on that?" Mm-hmm. And then Simon says, "Well, we've calculated such and such." I use a slide ruler as a prop. I had an experience on a on the campus of a of a different, though I suspect equally lovely small college in another state. There is no equal. But <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Slightly less charming college. Thank you. Thank you. Campus on an, in another state, mm-hmm. terrible state. And I was um I was there to uh, address the college, and the professor of English who had sponsored me to come there was very happy that I was there, and he was a really wonderful dude. And we hung out quite a bit. And the time came to walk over to the event, mm-hmm. or to be fair, the, recep- the reception before the event. And the professor sees one of his students gliding across campus in a fog, as they do. And he says, uh, Charlie, uh, you coming to see uh, John Hodgman tonight? And he goes, what? <laughs> I just, we just talked about it in class. <laughs> the, John Hodgman the comedian who is standing right here (laughs) 
is performing tonight. Are you coming to see it? And he looked at him and just without a moments of hesitation and certainly no shame, just said, oh, no, <laughs> and walked away. Good on him. Good on him. It didn't occur to him for a second Mm-mm. that he should spare my feelings nope. or help save the face of his professor. Why? Why would you bother doing that? Why would you lie to spare the feelings of this faceless mannequin who talks at him three times a week? This is also an example of sociopathy. <laughs> I think we've basically decided that college students are irrational at their core. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, all, all humans are. But mostly college students. <laughs> but college students think they're right. <laughs> Michelle and Thomas, you're not, you have no counterpoints here. I have a counterpoint Uh-oh. to the uh, coming in fifteen for 15 minutes and then leaving. Okay. Okay. Please. Um, one of my Michelle, are you a student? Yes, I am a sophomore. What are you studying? Probably government and law and film and media studies. Okay, good. Those are, those are reasonable. <laughs> that's, that's rational. Um, but one of my professors sent out an email yesterday, and this is the second time she's done it, uh, offering extra credit to anyone who goes to the performing arts series here, but suggesting that they go for just 15 minutes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're going to need names and social security numbers which, after the show. Which, as someone who works for the, the performing arts series, uh, both as an usher and doing promotion for it, is incredibly frustrating because when someone wow. stands up 15 minutes into a performance, not good. Uh, the performers can see that because it's a pretty like it's not the world's largest theater. And yeah, so, maybe the student who came in for the last 10 was trying to be conscientious. Yeah, trying not to leave partway through, but instead come partway right. through. Yeah. Okay, Better boy, to acquire more audience members than lose them partway through. That's These are very generous interpretations. I, I've got one, one sort of point. Yeah, go ahead, Tom. Is that Thomas is a student as well. I'm also Thomas, a what are you, what, um, you're a junior. What are you studying? That's an excellent question that is currently hanging in the balance. What are, you, um, what are the options? I'm actually engineering studies in theory, uh-huh. but that's going to probably change. Okay. To some mixture of engineering and arts, hopefully. Yeah, all right. Um, those, also, those are all fine fields. I, the, I just don't want I just don't want you guys to be hosting a podcast in your forties. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he so called it. It's, so the, making it's references to the make. Noid. <laughs> is that right, for in a college student's mind, the rational thing to do is prioritize sleep, food, and you know whatever social activities you so choose to participate in. Say no more. Um, saying from our you know maybe someone who doesn't do that point of view, why are college students so dang irrational? is, you know, coming from someone who has a successful job and teaches people and is attempting to enlighten them to be rational in the way that they are. And also someone who gets more than like three hours of sleep a night. You don't know that. I assume most of my professors can, get more than three hours ben of sleep a night. I up until the wee hours of the morning contemplating life. Right. They, they just have different, they just have different priorities. There's so much good TV on think, these days. I think Which is sleeping, lack. eating, so, social requirements. Look, they're, don't hate on them for being immortal. <laughs> I, I just think college students lack the common sense and the common courtesy to, to do things like actually stay for a whole stand-up act or play or whatever. You're trying to give me a warning about what's going to happen when uh, I perform? They, look, the, these kids, they've got a lot on their plates. They got a lot. They got a lot of work to do, a lot of foods to eat, a lot of recreation to recreate, a lot of people to hug and kiss. They are not here for us olds talking at them. Oh, you are such an apologist, John. 
I'm just saying, I'm saying what's true. Okay. I'm not apologizing. Well, let's, let's move on to the next judgment question. I would like, this is a question that we asked to our guests on the show and it's the Friday, Sunday question. I just want to, I just want to know what day you prefer of the week. Do you prefer Fridays or do you prefer, prefer Sundays? Friday. Now, I don't know what your schedule is, but do you have a typical sort of, you know, you work on Monday to Friday, you... Every day is Friday. Every day is Friday. So, so what, what, what is your reason? Because most, mostly people work on Friday, they don't work on Sunday, and yet we find people prefer Friday to Sunday. What's your, what's your reasoning? This is beyond obvious. Who's asking this? Is this chocolate this, mint guy? This is Simon. This is Simon asking. But Friday is op- because anticipation is better than disappointment. I am a Friday person myself. Yeah, this we're actually, Simon. we're all Friday people here. But some people might right. argue that people on, in Sundays live in the moment. They're living in the day that they no have one, off. You know, guess what? No one does live in the moment. <laughs> um, our statistics say Everyone who tells you to live the in the moment, everyone who tells you to live in the moment wants your money. Oh. And guess what they're not doing? Living in the moment. There you go. Okay. All we do, all we do is, is live in anticipation of good things and in terror of bad things. Okay. And, well, I, and, and nostalgia. That's good. I think we've got we've got an objective opinion that Friday is better than Sunday. Just an ancillary question. How do you feel about black licorice and black licorice foods? Well, as I do not have a sweet tooth, but an alcohol molar. <laughs> it's interesting. Black licorice is one of the only candies aside from chocolate and peanut butter that I can tolerate Ooh. because it because it has a highly controversial savory component, which mm. is. The flavor of licorice or, yeah. or ants. Yeah. You just threw our whole data. That's tough for us. So, so the aforementioned survey that that Ben does, we found uh, statistically significant correlations of um, people who prefer Friday not liking black licorice, and people who like uh, for Sunday liking it. Or well, liking it more. unscrew your polls, dude. I don't because you got to go find the anomaly uh, in your in your methodology. There's, this is, this there's is a mistake in your one. method. Yeah, this is a big this is a big hit to the methodology. That's a lot of work for Sorry. us, John. Thank you. And Fridays are best. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm on board. I'm with you. And then, and then my last judgment question is It's not a judgment though. Okay. I guess it's not. I like, I, I, but I like the branding reminding sure? people oh, of good, the good. Judge yeah. John Hodgman podcast. Um eating a fruit, an apple, let's say. Mm-hmm. Do you go east to west or north to south on that? Well, as I recently discussed in the Judge John Hodgman podcast, mm-hmm. I choose not to eat fruit. Almost 99.9% of the time. How about when you eat round things? <laughs> <laughs> like a raw tomato? Yeah, like, yeah so when, because, well, tomato's technically a fruit. I think we can all agree on that. That's true. But That's true. If, you go, if you go at a raw tomato, are you going there's east nothing, to west or north to there's south? Nothing be- there's nothing better than a good piece of fruit is spectacular. Yeah. But almost, almost mythological in its rarity. Yeah, when was the last time you had a nice crisp apple? Ugh. But I can tell you, uh, the last time I had a nice crisp apple mm-hmm. ratio to the number of times I w- hopefully bit into an apple and decided it was a, a, a mealy orb of garbage. Yep. Yeah. It's like one to one million. Yeah. Well, I, I, guess, I guess I go around the world on the apple. So he's still, now, is it a sign of, of uh, sociopathy, I think is the word, that if you do it north to south? I have never... I've never... I've never seen that happen. It, yeah, I hadn't either. It, it took me a while to figure out what... what what the question was, I couldn't picture what that meant. I yeah, I would, I would, I would instead say, do you eat it from pole to pole, or do you go pole pole. equatorial style? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we do have a, a friend of the show who gave us a picture of him um, yeah. going pole to pole, and it was, it was absurd. 
Yeah, yeah. Just, Justin gave just, Justin of the poorly summarized podcast gave us some pictures, and my wife also does the the, the pole to pole, and it's just it's it's just it's, not right. It's disconcerting to say. Yeah, the it's very it's very off. Yeah. Um, we uh, so this next question is not a judgment one, but uh, we started asking this on our show, and I think I'd be interested to hear your answer to this. This is a music question, mm-hmm. and so I got interested in in hearing from people who said, "What was your favorite music at age ten, age twenty, and age 30? And that can be. Um, a band or a song or even a genre. So at, at age 10, do you recall what was your favorite music? This is right after you were writing for New Edition, so I don't know if it was colored by that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it would have to, you know what, controversial choice, but even though I wrote Cool It Now, uh, Candy Girl. Watch out. Keep on hearing You're gonna it. lose control. Probably age 10, we're talking about uh, Pac-Man Fever. Oh, that, Dr. Yeah. Demento stuff. Oh, wow. Now. Probably what I would say. Uh, age twenty. At age twenty, what was your what was your favorite music? It was probably I was deep into Billy Bragg at oh, that time. That's and a big advance. I was making a trans transition from my late teens obsession with Tom Waits mm. into a into a later te- a latest teens and early twenties uh, obsession with Billy Bragg. I think that was around the time that he brought out uh, Workers Playtime, which is still one of the best albums. Okay. And any particular right. songs from that album that you that you enjoyed? Cool it now, Candy Girl. <laughs> These are just boy. <laughs> this is all my fault. Yeah. Well, I'm. I, I'll peel this back. We. I mean, what we do after each episode, and in addition to putting out the episode, is we have one of our. Our. Do you have a playlist intern on your um on, on your John podcast? Tom. Yeah. No. You do, oh, you should you should get one. We've got lots of. They're easy here. to find. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm a grown man who does not work for a university. I do not have access to children. Oh. <laughs> you can, really should look into that. We can get you one. Sure. I don't want one of the children you've been keeping in your lab. <laughs> our, our playlist intern and an editor in chief of the uh, of the Lafayette newspaper, he will make a Spotify playlist inspired uh, by the guest. Okay, it's a pretty big perk. Yeah, that so, sounds good. So this is the part three here. Is at age thirty. Ugh. I'm surprised we haven't heard anything about They Might Be Giants yet. Well, I love They Might Be Giants. There are a lot of artists that I love, but I turned thirty in the year two thousand one. What was I listening to then, guys? I'll have to go back to my Napster and look it up. <laughs> I hope you weren't downloading songs illegally. Well, if you were, li- if you were listening to Billy no, I was sharing that, files with my friends. Yeah, I guess so. That 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 actually makes it sound better. Yankee Hotel Foxtrot came out in two thousand one, so you could. Yes, it did, and I'm a big I'm a big fan of Wilco, and and I I've curated the comedy stage at Wilco's uh, Solid Sound Festival in North Ham- excuse me in North Adams, Massachusetts. <sighs> The past several years. Not bad. But that I, it took me a while. I was not automatically on board for that one. I'm probably going to just say my friend Jonathan Colton from college, who was working with me on a reading variety series in Brooklyn and was composing new music for each episode of our live show. And um, they were great songs that he later recorded for his albums and are now um, still great songs. And you, you went to college in Connecticut? I went to college in, in uh, New Haven, Connecticut. I went to Yale so, University. Oh, I was going to say Albertus Magnus. An but accredited four-year college okay. in Southern Connecticut. I think I've heard of it. Yeah. I think I've heard of it. Because of file sharing, I was, I was sort of rediscovering music again for the first time. Because mm-hmm. after college, I didn't have the money or the interest or the time to buy music and play it on a CD player or anything anymore. I just was sort of non non musical for a long time. That was I was just watching, watching sitcoms and getting drunk. It's like the sound of music when the kids didn't sing for the longest time. Yeah, that's right. You're like Gretel. Is that one of them? Anyway, 
You're I was. Just, I'm like Liesel. You. You are a Liesel. Now that, I, now that I think about that, you're a Liesel. Liesel. Yes. Liesel. <laughs> Got it. Thank you for those answers. I like. I like that. We appreciate yeah. that. Well, part part of my yeah. motivation too is that I'm, I'm trying to get out of like what I feel is a ten year lull of losing the path of music. So that helps. Yeah, but you don't need another old person to remind you of the stuff that they liked when. Yeah, but in, in this case, past. but in this case, since we're roughly the same age now, it's just like comparison. Because I can think, oh, I was. Well, I was, what was yours? Give me yours at ten. At ten. Ooh, we answered the question. I don't remember mine at ten. Mine was Chicago ten, twenty, and thirty. Mine was Michael uh-huh. Jackson at 10, and then Men at right. Work. Men at Work, Michael Jackson. So is it Michael Jackson or Men at Work? I'll say Men at Work. Whoa. <laughs> Scoop, is right? That cho- is that minty chocolate I'm talking to? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is Ben. Yeah. Ben. No, is that good or not good? Well, look, Colin Hayes is a great singer-songwriter, great. Right. and Men at Work was a great band, but you can't, I mean, and if you liked them better, you liked them better. What can I say? Yeah. But you're not going to say to me that... Men at Work is a, a better or more important musical outfit than Michael Jackson. Oh no, no, I would not make that claim. Yeah. If okay. anything, right. I'm just, I'm just uh, but showing you that. But you like them better. Yeah, you I'm like just showing. Better. I'm just admitting that I didn't know enough about music. In fact, I recall yeah. having a poster that I got at some like school book sale, which was, it, it was a Pink Floyd poster, but I could not grasp the concept of what Pink Floyd was, and it was just, I think there was a car on the poster. I still don't get it. <laughs> it t- it literally took me 10, 15 years before I, I listened to the band because I had it locked in my head of, is it like a car maker? What is this poster for? Uh, I was that far yeah. gone in understanding what music was. That was a slow burn to figure that Pink out. Floyd, Pink, Pink Floyd uh, muff, breaks and muffler. <laughs> yes. I'm sure it's there a, is a company somewhere. Yeah. 20 was well, my How old are you now? Uh, I'm 44 oh, yeah. now. Okay, so twenty. Tell me, you're twenty. Well, twenty uh, was my transition from from Zeppelin into Fish. So I think at twenty it was still Zeppelin. I'm not even sure I want to hear thirty. <laughs> it's still Fish, I think. Right? No, thirty. Thirty was Wilco. Okay, which I think is like Wilco. it's kind of like a standard joke now. Like, aren't they the the dad band? Mm-hmm. I want to hurt their feelings. Those guys still rock. I know. I still love them. Yeah, I hope they're not listening to this because I think that's friends of the show, future guests. Sure. Wilco. Why not? <laughs> right. They yeah. really rock. They really rock. You should come to Solid Sound in North Adams, Massachusetts this uh, next June. Huh. Well, do you think... Um, Why am I plugging that thing? Yeah, I'm going to be in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania on November 17th. On November 17th. Steelstacks.org. Tickets may still be available. I think there's a few. I, Not that many. I looked Music the other day. Fest Cafe. Yes. You'll enjoy that. Sponsored by Yingling. Behind you will be um, uh, what I've actually coincidentally often thought of as a Pink Floyd light show because the old Bethlehem Steel... Uh, machinery is is still there and many stories high and they have it lit up with all kinds of colors and it'll look oh, kind fantastic. of freaky. When you're here on November 17th, you won't be able to do the following, but on a prior episode, somebody had asked about how somebody would get a, a guest celebrity just to come in and lecture in a class. Oh, last, last spring, Tom Hanks stopped by campus because he's a friend of one of the professors here. Sure. And, uh, and he just like the next day, he was like in class and just kind of hanging out in class. And so sure, we were thinking, who else, like, can you do that? Like, wouldn't it be great just to get people or entertainers just to come in and give lectures? And I could never think of anybody to ask, but I think you'd be great at that. Whenever you got a free day and you want to somehow drive across New Jersey to the Lehigh Valley, you're welcome to give a guest lecture in my class. In, uh, in the subject of environmental engineering? No, it's up to you. Well, that would be, that's my choice then. But in the meantime, you're going to get a, a whole show from me on the perils of living in in the woods an asthmatic weird only child grown man baby weird dad 
Uh, how long have you been doing this show? I've been doing it for a, a little over a year. Yeah. How far has it taken you? Like what, what distance from, from New York have you Seattle done the show? show soon. The furthest I've been away from my home performing Vacation Land mm-hmm. by John Hodgman. <laughs> yes. We, the name um, of your show is Vacation Land? Yes. Yeah. I, I missed that. Sorry. It's, in the, it's on the website. It's on the website. Oh. He he knows that. We just a- told him to act like he didn't well, no, know. I know because so you I'm, could repeat I'm it. from Maine. So that's... I. Wait, you are? Yeah. Where are you from in Maine? A little town called Damariscotta. Or as the GPS likes yeah. to pronounce it, Damariscotta. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I haven't been there, but I've driven by it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. There's Well, then you will enjoy my show. There, I mean, it is largely about what happens when, as I say, an asthmatic, weird, aging dad, man-child, nervous person goes into the woods. But two different wildernesses. One is the woods of western Massachusetts, and the other is the very painful beaches of coastal Maine. Um, John, do you have anything else to plug? You can hear my voice on uh, as the as the voice of John Glazer's smartphone in the new John Glazer very funny TV show, John Glazer Loves Gear on True TV. On True TV, yeah. By the time I appeared uh, on the stage in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, the Amazon TV show Red Oaks will have begun its second season. Okay. And uh, that's a terrific show that uh, that is still terrific, even though I am on it a little bit. Okay. Just so people don't think I'm, I do like other music. I love Wilco. I'm going to say some other musics that I like. Please do. That I'm listening to lately. This will be on the playlist. I like the Mountain Goats a lot. I like right. John Roderick of the Long Winters a lot. What else am I? What else am I listening to? Oh, Santa Gold is an incredible album this year. I want the Chance the Rapper album is good. Pitch Black Brass Band. Are you? Are, are you just real bands? Are you throwing together names? Just words? I was just I was just on that Prairie Home Companion, so I have to give my shout out to Chris Thiele and Nickel Creek and Sarah Watkins and Sean Watkins. Sarah Watkins has an incredible album out. Okay. Now, Nickel Creek um, and Nickelback don't have any relation to each other. No, they don't. Okay. No. Just now, the are, same fondness for nickels. Are, <laughs> yeah, I, wanna, I wanted to thank you for, for spending the time, for calling in and for hanging out with us. Thank you so much, John. We will definitely see you in Bethlehem on November 17th. And again, thanks for being on. Yeah. It's my pleasure. I will see you all there. Bye, John. Great. Thank you so all much. Right. Thank you. Thank, thank you very much. That's Take care, guys. Right. Bye. Um, okay, so we have a, we have an open box here. We have yeah, just opened have on our table. We have just opened a box. Uh-huh. We got we got Dutch licorice from our from our friend Peter mm-hmm. in uh, the Netherlands. In Netherlands, the, this I, have, I would say European superfan. European superfan, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, head of, of European division, BBB. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. Yeah, great guy. Mm-hmm. He sent us a whole box of, of Dutch licorice, and there's they're all labeled. Yep. Uh, although he has got very excellent handwriting. Yeah, Peter, would you let us know when you hear this? Is the handwriting your own? Is it that of a child of yours, a spouse? A child couldn't write this well. That's that's it's really really good handwriting. Why would a, why would a spouse sign his name? Uh, I don't know. Do, do they teach handwriting in schools? There, there's there's all kinds of questions we have here because it's very good handwriting. It says uh, we we will not pronounce it well, but eat uh, eat smakalik, hopelijk smakt het, Gorten Peter. 
and then he asks us to Google Translate that. Well, he, 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 he says Google Translate question mark, like maybe we have a choice. Oh yeah, like in case we didn't figure it out. Yeah, in case one of us speaks. What Dutch. do we think it says? I think it says, um, I, I, so like, hope you enjoy it. Yep. Uh, something, something. Hope you enjoy it. Eat this up. It's good. Hope you enjoy it. Well, so That's so so, so looking at this, the word hopelijk, H O P E L I J K. What that translates? If that word is in fact hope, then we can translate all Dutch words. As just adding L I J K to the end of an English word, mm, this can't good. Be right. But I don't think that's right. That's all, but but this would be our Rosetta Stone if that was the case. How do you right. spell it? H O P E L I J K. We'll get Google Translate to do this. It says hopefully. Hopefully, there you go. Hopefully, so that wasn't too bad. That wasn't too bad. I think I think we I think we've got our. <laughs> I think our, we cracked I think it. I think we're experts. I think now. we've yeah, cracked the code. We've cracked it. Yeah. Well, Peter, who also is uh, fluent in English, so he's got to speak by one language here. <laughs> maybe maybe more. He included a note. It says to beware of sugar. Sugar-free licorice. When you eat too much of it, it can be laxative. Yeah, that, we have that in North America too. With many <laughs> sugar-free things, we've experienced that with gummy bears and gummy worms. We've got pocket money, which is sweet and salty. We've got sweet suns. Those are sugar-free, so we got to watch out for those. Watch out for those. We have uh, what what Simon's looking forward to: salted herring. Mm-hmm. Salt, yeah. soft, is, salty, salted herring flavored licorice. Well, well, they're they're. I don't think they're herring flavored. They are herring shaped. But they are oh. probably salty licorice, which so is salty licorice. I've had this. I've had the salty Danish licorice. Peter, Peter's going to have to tell us whether which which is superior, the Danish or the Dutch uh, licorice. Uh, what's this one? Drop fruit. Didn't even have to translate it. it just says drop fruit. Did wait? Does that have sugar in it? Are we allowed to eat that? Uh, it, we weren't told. It didn't say. I guess we'll have to see. We'll have to do it in a safe space. And one more pull drop. Oh, and I have a note on pull drop for That's all our listeners saying. who are rushing out to order pull drop. Mm-hmm. Pull drop doesn't taste like real licorice, but it's very funny. When you eat too much of it, you will get black poop. <laughs> okay, uh, something to look forward to for you, our listeners. Then. You left one package out here with me. Oh, what's oh, that what's one? That? That's that's the translation is drop love, salt and ammonium chloride, sugar free. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> drop so, love. Yeah, yeah. There's there, there's a lot here, Peter. Thank you so much for sending this, and and we would encourage all our listeners to send us candy through the mail <laughs> from their native <laughs> uh, state or country, or just. Uh, I just, just I, I just like free just candy. candy. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with free but candy. But please, um, send, send your mint, candies, mint-based candies. Send your candies based on the results of the candy survey. Well, that'd be good. Good point. Yeah. So I, I actually like, I'm weird. I like okay. I think we chocolate, yeah, I think we peanut can. butter, and mint. All three. All together in one. At together? Oreo has mint Oreos that I love dipping in peanut butter. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. They're weirdo. Yeah. So, uh, sorry to ruin, ruin the dating.